Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our first and favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody, you might as well buy them from us and help fund the movement, help support the movement. We all believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I am your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, for episode 107. The day is October 4th, year of our Lord, 2023. It's interesting, I just heard the siren go off, the, the uh, presidential alert, the emergency alert, and it made me think that we're headed for strange, peculiar, and dangerous times. But not here to talk about that so much today. Today is a day for celebration of sorts, a short, temporary celebration as our fellow American patriot, the great Matt Gates, was successful in ousting Speaker McCarthy uh, from, the, from the speakership, from the House speakership. And it was a monumental day. It was a historic day. It's the first time a speaker's been ousted in American history. And I know many in the Republican Party or many in, in the America First constituency would, would, would say that this is uh, somehow just chaos and discord or, uh, that, that is unnecessary for the party ahead of a 2024 election. I would like to tell all you people out there, please fuck off. Go fuck yourself. Go caucus with the Democrats. In fact, I don't know who you should go caucus with because at least the communists were willing to, to, stand, to stand for something. I mean, this entire, this entire speakership uh, controversy really highlights the, the, the weakness uh, the the sort of milk toast, lukewarm uh, political stones of of the the conservative movement, and and even more importantly, the the Republican Party. And we're not going to indict the conservative movement because again, there's a huge disconnect between the the grassroots voter base of the Republican Party and the 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 rhino globalist uh, neocon neocon elites of the party. And we see that now more than ever. We saw it the other day with the CR bill and, and, you know, had 120 people who voted to kick the can down the road. And that vote, 96 patriots stood up and said, wait a second, this is a, this is a step too far. This is getting out of control. And then Matt Gates doubled down. He tripled down. He quadrupled down. He called for the accountability of Speaker McCarthy himself. And in that vote, only eight Republicans, only eight House members on the Republican side were willing to vote McCarthy out and hold him accountable. A day for celebration, a cause for celebration, but also a cause for, for, uh, for concern. Cause for concern. Because what we really see is that there is a culture there in D.C., there is a culture in American politics that is so invested in the status quo, that is so invested in, in business as usual, that holding somebody accountable like, a, like Kevin McCarthy, which would seem like a very easy, an easy decision to make uh, to, to many of the American people out there, people who are listening to this broadcast, it seemed like an easy decision to make becomes a hard one. I'm telling you, the turnover on these politicians and, and these positions like speakership or, or a, a myriad of other positions should be at a high turnover rate, especially when the society is crashing the way ours is. And, and maybe it's not crashing in a way where you go outside and there's complete anarchy and chaos and 
violence, murder, and pillaging, although those things are starting to pop up spontaneously, although we, 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 uh, we, we maybe over-exaggerate them in some ways, but, but that's not the point. We're living through a soft coup, and we're living in, in a very unstable environment. And, and Matt Gates proved two, two very important things. First and foremost, two very important things yesterday. And I talked about this earlier on Jason Whitlock. If you call Jason Whitlock at, at 6 p.m. Central, uh, Fearless with Jason Whitlock over on his channel, I, I spoke about this some there. Um, he proved two very important things. One, a very small number of people can make a huge difference. A very small number of people can challenge and affect the status quo. Very important. Very important to remember. And number two, the uniparty is vulnerable. The beast is wounded. Now, is the beast going to take this line down? No, no, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous, dangerous monster. It's, it's a leviathan. I dropped a substack last night, a um, uh, letter, uh, an open letter to the 118th Congress. Uh, Matt Gates is an American hero, and I think it's, it's rightful as a potential sen senator a uh, future senator or uh, senatorial candidate for 2024 to speak on that matter because uh, it is a historic and, and, and monumentous moment uh, in, in American history. And I said in the letter, hey, uh, this, 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 this whole culture, this whole, this whole normalcy around kicking the can and, and uh, business as usual is unacceptable. It's unacceptable to the American people. It's unacceptable to the value of American citizenship. It's unacceptable to, to the ideas that our founding fathers laid, laid down, uh, wrote down. The, 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 the beacon on the hill, the shining beacon on the hill, this, this new Jerusalem is supposed to be a place where governance works in a unique way. And yes, there's a balance of power, but part of that balance of power is when people have genuine discord with our political elites that they are able in a small majority to affect the political process. And that's exactly what you've seen Matt Gates do. The beast is wounded. They're not going to take it lying down. There will be retaliation. They may, in fact, try and clip out every, every one of these eight House members, starting with Matt Gates, and, and you shouldn't be surprised to see some type of character assassination brought up on the House floor to execute this retaliation. And if that happens, when that happens, it will be a very telling sign as if we needed more evidence of, of this uniparty's corruption. It'll be a very telling sign of their desperation that above all else, they are willing to risk their reputation right out in the open before you, the American people, to maintain the power of a corrupt status quo. And it should infuriate, it should infuriate you. It should insult your intelligence. But most of all, it should be cause for caution. Uh, cause for concern and 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 a, a motivation or knowledge that you take into uh, this next presidential uh, election cycle in 24. Matt Gates put a referendum out on on the House itself, and because of that, it is maybe one of the most important political moments in American history. Obviously, it's one of the most significant moments. The Speaker has never been ousted before in American history. But I'd say Donald Trump coming down the escalator in 2016 and, and, the, and the grassroots populist movement that Donald Trump has, has been the symbol of over these past eight years is, is, is right up there at the top of, of importance in American history. But the, the Donald Trump movement was a movement of the people. The Donald Trump's election, uh, Donald Trump's 
victory in 2016 and, and the grassroots momentum of the America First Nationalist Populist Movement is a movement of the people. What Matt Gates did is different. Matt Gates was a D.C. swamp insider. Not that he was a creature of the swamp, but, but he's in the apparatus. And, and we have never really seen um, uh, a congressional member or, or somebody in the House, somebody in the machine, willing to put themselves in the crosshairs of power willing to launch themselves or hurl themselves at the Uniparty the way Matt Gates just did. Brilliant. Bravo. Bravo, brother. Bravo, comrade. You're an American hero. We should all applaud. Take a bow, my friend. Um, and in the letter, I, you know, I say this, this Leviathan, and that's what the, the federal government has become. It's a Leviathan. It has us all roped in to the, to the scam. It justifies its, its ineffectiveness. It justifies its failures through our guilt. It says we have to continue the federal government. We, we have to continue the politics in our particular manner because if we don't, you won't be able to eat, and, and maybe you can eat, but the guy down the street from you can't eat. Think of all the janitorial workers that, that work in D.C. and the, the federal buildings. Who's going to pay them, right? They won't get their paychecks. And look, the, 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 the America First Nationalist Populist Movement um, has prided itself in its advocacy, in its, its love and, and, uh, and protection and fight for the American working class. Because ultimately, the American working class is, in effect, what this war has been waged against. Uh, so we... we you, you could say that the heartbeat of the American nationalist populist movement is the American working class. But that doesn't mean we're going to allow the Uniparty to justify corruption and, and, and monetary uh, uh, malfeasance, monetary malfeasance uh, on the heartstrings and guilt of the American workers. I mean, that's pissing on you and telling you it's rain. It's, it's spin. And it's, it's something that we, we shouldn't tolerate, we don't have to tolerate, and even more importantly, uh, we, we should feel insulted that they would try and use our own vulnerability against us. Not that it should shock us, because that's exactly what wicked and corrupt people do. They find your weaknesses, they find your vulnerabilities, and they weaponize them against you. And that's what, what's happened here. The federal government, the sheer size of the federal government is so big that it can always justify its continuance and even more so its expansion because of how many people would lose out on a paycheck. How many working class people would lose out on a paycheck who have been crushed by the same, uh, uh, the same incompetent and in some cases malicious monetary policies that that very body set forth. We're going to send all your jobs and money to China. We're going to send your tax money to the Ukraine. We're going to send your, your, your money uh, to uh, any number of, 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 of global initiatives, right, to, to, to foster and build this global citizenship. We're going to let uh, illegal immigrants pour through the border, just pour through the border, not just from Central America, but from all over the world. I mean, these, these, these illegal immigrants are showing up now from all over the world. We're going to let them pour through the southern border. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're going to literally uh, destroy 
the value of your citizenship, the value of your citizenship, the power of your citizenship on the global stage in any competitive sense. And then we're going to tell you that we should continue to stay in power because without us, you won't be able to survive. It's sadistic is what it is. It's sadistic. And I think the most salient moment of the entire proceedings yesterday was when Matt Gates gave his remarks and he flat out called uh, and he, he, you know, he, he flat out, uh, um, you know, blew the whistle effectively on, on the, the, the impact of lobby, lobbyism and, and special interest there in D.C. And it was a very telling moment when people booed him. House members there. I wish we had a camera turned in the other direction. I would love to see which House members uh, cried out in, 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 uh, in protest, you know, yelled out in protest against, against Matt Gates for saying that the, the House and D.C. as a whole has become a, a hollow, not a hallowed ground, a, a, a hollow ground uh, of special interests and political lobbying. I mean, there used to be a time in my lifetime when even the liberals and the Democrats, or at least the cultural Democrats in the black community, like my neighbor, like my childhood neighborhood, for example, were all in agreement that the Republicans and the Democrats were, were working together, that they were working together to, to undermine uh, the, the, the overall health and, and value of American citizenship. And, uh, you know, I don't know where that changed. I mean, I do know where it changed. Let me not play coy. It changed when liberals and liberalism and, and this new variation of far leftist, Marxist, communist, globalist, egalitarian, uh, utopia, technocratic pipe dream really started to see the light at the end of the tunnel and everything shifted. Now people, what, don't believe there's a uniparty? People don't believe that Republicans and Democrats are working together? And if you ever did believe that Republicans and Democrats are working together, isn't it a sign of, of, of that truth that Republicans in great number uh, were, were extremely unhappy with Matt Gates saying, the show doesn't go on no matter what? And that's what Matt Gates challenged yesterday. That's what he challenged. He challenged a very dangerous, very dangerous cultural and political norm in this country or in D.C. And that norm says that no matter how immoral or moral, no matter how moral or immoral, no matter how effective or ineffective, no matter how solvent or insolvent, the show must go on. The party doesn't stop. It can't stop. He challenged that norm and it was rightful to do so. Sacred honor. That's fucking sacred honor. It it doesn't benefit Matt Gates. It doesn't be, it doesn't benefit Matt Gates one bit to to disrupt the flow of money in Washington D.C. It doesn't benefit Matt Gates one bit to disrupt the status quo of Washington D.C. Matt Gates is a young, good-looking, articulate, uh, uh, tall, relatively in shape politician who could go as high up. Uh, the, the corrupt D.C. ladder as he wants to. And I'm not saying at some point they don't get to him. But right now he's standing in the breach. He stood in the breach, the, the breach in a way that will, will 
etch his name in history. He's willing to do what many House members have not been willing to do. And that's say, stop, stop. It's not about party politics. It's not about the lobbying and the special interests. It's not about Republicans versus Democrats. This is about promises made and promises kept. This is about what people say they're going to do in the interest of the American people and holding them accountable when they fail to do so. Basic, basic politics, basic service of elected officials, basic. When people do not serve the interest of the American people the way they promised they should be held accountable, Kevin McCarthy's been doing it for years and years. The rubber met the road. Sure, sure, the Democrats voted with them out of spite. Fine, fine. And guess what? In a two-party dichotomy, I think that's the most brilliant part of Matt Gates' play. I think that was the most brilliant part of Matt Gates' play, to be honest. You got to see it in layers. One, the CR bill showed we have a 50-50 split, presumably, uh, of, of America Firsters and, and globalist rhinos. And when the, when, the, when the vote got a little more heavy, when the vote got a little more, when the stakes were raised, when it got a little more intense, we only had eight patriots, okay? You know, the other, the other 88 of them kind of fell by the wayside and, and sort of fell back in this rank-and-file uh, uh, party politics in the rank-and-file party politics. And on the other side, the 208 communists, the 208 Democrats, I'm not going to say they're all communists, but the 208 Democrats, they felt obliged to have to vote McCarthy out. Now, there's two reasons why they did that. One, for, for one, they saw an opportunity to potentially get Hakeem Jeffries the, the, the speakership. But, but everybody pretty much knew that wasn't going to happen. But number two, and, and this is maybe more importantly, they're willing to save face with their constituents by pointing at the Republicans and saying, hey, look at how, look at how uh, broken the Republican Party is. Look at how much chaos there is in the Republican Party, as if that's an indictment, right? Because they have a groupthink hive mind mentality. They, they, they have a, they, that's why it's fair to call them communists. Not that each one of them are communists, but certainly when it comes to voting as a, as a political uh, institution, they're willing to vote in a very communist-like manner. And you saw that. And you saw Matt Gates play on that to get McCarthy out of the speakership. Bravo. Bravo, my friend. Well played. Touche. Brilliant. You can always count on the communists to come together with the hive mind. Brilliant. And they have to save face for their constituents. They have a constituency. They have to save face for a constituency. If, if, if the great Darth Vader is, is, is always uh, the, the highest white man in power, then how can the Democrats in good faith not vote to, to uh, get rid of Kevin McCarthy, the great Republican uh, symbol of, of white-dominated male patriarchy? How could they not? They have an ideological framework that they have to keep up with, that they have to, that they have to service, that they have to continue to, to, to feed and, and uh, oversee and, and, and capitulate to. They can't come right out and say, this is a uniparty. We're working with the Republicans, the Republicans that 
that we claim are white supremacists. They can't do that. And so Matt Gates has, has ventured into a place that is very important for every American citizen to, to, to venture into and understand. There's the ideological differences that many, that some of us, many of us see. And then there's the perception. There's the, there's the brand. There's the marketing. There's the, 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 there is the, there is the theater that must be kept up. And this is where being a small few is not so bad. Being small makes you mobile. It makes you hard to track and pin down. And it makes you, makes you unpredictable. When a body of people, even ideologically, get to lockstep, they have to move much slower. You see this with armies. When you try and move a big battalion of, 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 of soldiers, in lockstep, and they're, they're, they're marching. There's a reason why they march together in, in lockstep, right? But they move much slower. Everybody doesn't sprint at their own pace. Why? Because people would sprint at all different paces. You'd have people everywhere. You'd have chaos. And the, the levers of power don't like that sort of chaos and unpredictability. They like it much better when people move in a fashion that's predictable and easy to track, easy to, to see, easy to measure, easy to maintain. Matt Gates is throwing a monkey wrench in the whole deal. Bravo to him. And you're going to see them retaliate. You're going to see them try and get Matt Gates out of the house. And that's going to be the day where American people should stand up. Should stand up and understand who those other Republicans in the house really are. Understand. And, you know, oh, well. You know, if we don't keep our hands on the levers of power, then it's over. All you people who think that are just are just okay with playing with the band playing while the while the ship goes down. All of you Republicans out there who say that if we don't keep our hands on the lever of power, the levers of power, it's all over. It's done. We have to keep our hands on the steering wheel. We have to keep at least one hand on the steering wheel or else it's all over. You just want to hear the band play. You just want to hear the band play while the ship sinks. Some of us, with courage and, 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 and fortitude, sacred honor, national honor, feel it's appropriate here and now to have that divide, that, that divide that some in the mainstream media are calling divisive and, 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 and would like to describe it as turmoil or chaos. Sometimes chaos is necessary. Sometimes chaos is exactly what's needed. It's no measure of good health to be well-adjusted to an insane society. It's no measure of good health to be well-adjusted to a sick society. It's no measure of good health to be well-adjusted to a corrupt uniparty in D.C. And for too long, we've accepted, we've accepted that our politicians who, who are well-adjusted to the, this sort of corruption, who can play insider baseball in D.C. with this sort of corruption are signs of good elected officials, and that's who Kevin McCarthy was. He was a pair of steady hands. When push comes to shove, everybody can count on Kevin McCarthy to do what's best for Kevin McCarthy, the idea of political capital and political expediency, and any corruption that, that need be preserved in the interest of, of, of those things. That's who, McKevin, that's who Kevin McCarthy is. That's who he's been. That's who Mitch McConnell is. 
That's who Joe Biden is. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight and watching this broadcast. This is Professor Penn bringing you an advertising interlude. We're promoting MyBookie.com. MyBookie.com is part of the Patriot economy, and nothing is more important than you supporting the Patriot economy. That's those businesses and business people that are supporting the freedom movement. That's what we're doing here, spreading freedom from coast to coast and from north to south. Now, next time you go to a game or next time you watch a game, go to MyBookie.com and use promo code Royce and lay down a bet. Bring a little more juice to the action. Bring a little more fun, a little spring in your step. Promo code Royce. That's MyBookie.com, supporting the Patriot economy, supporting all the people and all the businesses that are supporting this freedom movement. We love it. You'll love it. I love it. I've done it. I've had a great time doing it. This is Professor Penn coming to you once again for MyBookie.com, promo code Royce. There'll be a little something special for you if you do it, and thank you very much. When are we going to say enough is enough? Matt Gates has lit the beacon. Now it's up to you, the American people. If you, if you have a problem, if you have a problem with how those other Republicans voted, all you need to do is go to precinctstrategy.com and figure out how to become a precinct committeeman and become a delegate in the primary in your respective area in the country. Become a delegate. What you're seeing in the House is a reflection of a disconnect between the political elites, the candidates they fund, and the grassroots voter base of the Republican Party. And this is why the brand is broken. This is the real, this is the real problem with the brand, the Republican brand. This is the real, this is the real, um, this is the real handicap of the Republican Party. It's the discord between the political elites, all the operatives there in D.C., the special interests, the lobbyists, the candidates that they select and fund, and the voter base. And election after election, we find ourselves criticizing these Republican candidates, like the House members there who voted to, to keep McCarthy. We find ourselves criticizing them, and then we don't go fill up the Republican Party. Stop. We need 200,000 more Republicans, 200,000 more America first Republicans. Even if you don't become a precinct committeeman, which is one third full, at least become a delegate, at least find the America first candidate. Which my new my new uh, my not new, but my 501c4 is getting a website finished this week. Freepeopleofamerica.org. You can visit that probably by the weekend and we will be listing. America first candidates, Democrat America first candidates, independent America first candidates, Republican, Republican America first candidates, Democrat America first candidates, independent America first candidates, and Republican America first candidates that we believe are truly America first. Now we'll get some wrong. You'll get some people who pose as America first, and then we vote them in and find out that they're a part of the machine, that, that they just want to they just want to shoot up the ladder and they'll they, they have no allegiance, certainly not to the American people or the Constitution or citizenship or anything else. That they just they'll they'll wear whatever hat they need to wear to be successful in politics, because, you know, well, the gig pays good. You can come into the Congress 
worth 300, 400,000 and leave worth 60 million, 70 million, 100 million. Like in the case of Amy Klobuchar, my Senate opponent here in Minnesota, or Nancy Pelosi, or Joe Biden, or you know, pick one, Obama. Imagine how good it pays to be a politician. Imagine how good it pays to be a politician when you can go from community organizer to having a $20 million house in Martha's Vineyard. Shit pays well. Shit pays real good. Gig pays good. So yeah, they're going to be America first candidates who we, who we support and promote that end up not being America first candidates or don't live up to, to uh, what they promised the American people. And when they don't, people should hold them accountable. We have a we have a we have a crisis of accountability in America. We have a complete crisis of accountability. We have a crisis of leadership and we have a crisis of accountability. Part of the crisis of leadership is the is the cowardice and the lack of of competence and and sacred honor and national honor of our leaders. But part of the crisis of leadership is the crisis of accountability. In order to hold people accountable, you have to be committed. You have to be paying attention. Matt Gates forced everybody to pay attention. He is forcing people to pay attention. He is forcing people to put their name on the record. He is forcing a roll call. And now, as Speaker McCarthy leaves, is ousted, and, and says that he will not run for speakership again, we get the opportunity. We get the opportunity right now. You get to call into your representatives to put forward your support for Donald J. Trump as for Speaker of the House. Donald J. Trump has been nominated for Speaker, I believe. From all of my sources, someone has nominated Donald J. Trump to be Speaker of the House. Beautiful, bit fantastic, incredible. 100 days of Donald Trump. The great Steve Bannon's already been talking about it yesterday. His name was brought and forwarded before by Matt Gates when, when Senator McCarthy, I mean, when, when Speaker McCarthy uh, won the gavel. So we got a referendum on the CR bill, and we got to see where the Republicans are there. Next, we got a referendum to see where the Republicans were on McCarthy's speakership. And now we're going to get to see, we're going to get a referendum on where the Republicans are in support of Donald J. Trump. And see, any conventional wisdom, any conventional political wisdom in this country would say, you don't want to alienate the entire House of Representatives. I mean, to alienate, to alienate the entire uh, House of Representatives is like political suicide. People like Matt Gates and I think the exact opposite. And that's why I like the way Matt Gates is going about it. And many of us, many of us pipe hitters and the America First movement think the exact opposite. We want to know who's actually on our team. We want to know who we can trust. 
We want to know who's going to actually serve the interest of the American people. Who's not going to stab us in the back and kick the can the first chance they get. That's what we want to know. And the more we can clarify that, the more we can better understand the landscape and formulate a battle plan. It's hard to formulate a battle plan when you have not yet made a, a proper threat assessment, a threat analysis. You can't make a threat assessment when you're surrounded. I mean, it's very hard. When you're surrounded, taking fire, you, 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 hard to assess anything. It's more of a survival mode. Now we're going to get a head count. We're going to get a real head count. This Donald Trump for speaker is going to be one of the most significant political votes ever taken in American history. Because it's going to put the Republican Party and the Republican elites and their hand-selected candidates, their hand-selected uh, puppets on front street before the American people, before the grassroots voter base of their own party. And that's a beautiful thing. The Uniparty, the Uniparty would love for all of these proceedings, all of the business as usual in D.C., to never really come under scrutiny from the voter base. They would love for that, that, that to be the norm. And for the most part, it is the norm. Because, hey, I mean, it's NBA season, or it's, it's, it's football season, or then it's baseball season, or, you know, the, the, the latest fight is on, or it's, it's World Cup soccer season, or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's PGA Tour, it's master season, it's, you know, figure skating and whatever other jerk-off, you know, jerk-off uh, Comic-Con they, they, they find for you. Or, hey, you know, maybe Pornhub's just having a, a special, right, 50% off 12 months of, of premium content. I don't know. I don't know the packages. I'm just saying. Whatever it is, they would much rather all these political proceedings fly right under the radar of the average American citizen. Sure, we all know that the country is not what, what we would ideally want it to be, but many of us chuck it up as, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to make it better uh, slowly but surely. Incremental change, incremental progress, as the, 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 the great Barack Hussein Obama would say. Change is slow and incremental. Yeah, it's slow and incremental. That doesn't mean it's always good change. And, and there's no, there's no, there is no law or rule that says change must be slow and incremental. They're surely trying to expedite the change of, of EV initiatives. They've surely expedited the change of, of cultural thinking around LGBTQism. They've certainly expedited the change uh, around uh, illegal immigration or, or border security. They've certainly uh, expedited the change around any number of, of, of American cultural tradi traditions and political political functions. I mean, real, real politics, not, not just the culture, but, but you know, the, the way that the, the government is functioning, like the presumption of innocence or not having political prosecution, just overnight expedited the change. Yet we're supposed to accept this idea of incremental progress and change. No, there can be radical change. They, we just need radical people. We need radical leaders. 
We need leaders who are radical like our founding fathers were. And see, our founding fathers, and I said this in my letter, my open letter to the Congress, the interesting thing about the time we live in now is, is it's so antithetical to how our founding fathers viewed and approached politics and government. Our founding fathers started from the worst case scenario, and they worked their way back into sane policy. They started from the worst case imaginable, the worst case scenario imaginable, and they hoped for the best. Planned for the worst, hoped for the best. Reasonable, reasonable approach, right? I mean, all of us should plan for the worst, hope for the best. Plan for the worst and hope for the best. Plan for the worst and hope for the best in today's political climate is seen as conspiracy theory. All of us out there who say, hey, this national debt is now become a matter of national security. This exposure is, is, is so out of control, it actually threatens the fundamental security of our nation and its citizens, which it obviously does. So not only is it, not only is it a fact, but even if we talked about it in theory, even if we talked about it you know, more in, in theoretical terms, it's prudent. It's right. It makes sense to plan for the worst and hope for the best. All these mainstream media outlets want you to think plan for the worst, hope for the best is a conspiracy theory. All of them want you to think that makes me an extremist or Matt Gates an extremist or Steve Bannon an, an extremist or, or Alex Jones an extremist or, or Clarence Thomas an extremist or, or whoever, Donald Trump an extremist. Carrie Lake, an extremist. Christina Caramo is an extremist. They want you to think we're all extremists because we plan for the worst, hope for the best. That does not make you an extremist, ladies and gentlemen. That makes you reasonable. That makes you rational. That makes you a sane, forward-thinking adult. I mean, only little kids approach life. Only little, little kids leave out and they think everything's going to go well that day. I mean, they just have this presumption that everything's going to be fine. I mean, that's a, child's, that's a childlike mentality. And sure, you don't want to kill the kid and everybody, right? There's a little piece of a child that should stay, stay in all of us, right? That optimism, that wonder, that joy of life, that, that, that sort of, uh, uh, you know, Almost, almost naive and and and, uh, and 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 immature or 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 innocence. Innocence is a, is a is a better way to think about it. All of us should keep a piece of it, a very small fucking piece, especially a small piece when we're living under a, 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 a the when we're living under the rule of of technocrats and mad scientists. Very small piece should be that childlike wonder. A very, very small piece. They want you all to be children. They want you all to be in that childlike mindset all day long, all year long. And the show goes on. 
And I think the most important thing I said in my letter uh, to the Congress was they have a solution. Oh, they're, they're planning. They're, they're, they have a plan to fix it. Don't, don't, don't be mistaken. They have a plan. The plan is that the advancement of science and technology will fix global solvency issues. And this isn't a conspiracy theory. This is what they openly promote. I mean, the whole idea of the fourth industrial revolution is that science and technology will solve all of the inequality issues of the past. Automation, robotics, the Internet of Things, central bank digital currency, vaccines, ectofarms, artificial intelligence, drones, space travel. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. But all of these things are meant to solve the inequality of the previous financial system. The disparities, the disparities of the, 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 you know, the previous monetary system. It's not the monetary system that was so much the problem. It was the monetary policy. And it was the leaders, the, the corrupt leaders of that monetary policy. So they're going to solve it now because it's gotten out of hand. I mean, there's, there's no real way to redistribute the wealth. I mean, the redistribution of wealth is, is a ludicrous idea. Anyway, we can't redistribute the wealth. That would take it away from us. <laughs> what we can do for you all is we can use science and technology to provide you the best high, the best distraction that money can buy, that money can create, that science can create. We can give you that. And in that, it will sort of supplement and make you feel like you're rich. We can make you feel like you're rich. We can give you the, the, the perception of a, of a wealthy reality, or at least we can work on it. And if, and if we can't, in our last desperate play, in our last desperate play to, to keep control of, of society, we can restrict your movement. We will restrict your movement. And that's the, real, that's the real slap in the face. That's the real spit in the face that the establishment is, is, is openly promoting and that for some strange reason, many people have accepted. This, this sort of cultural idea that, that the government has such an, a, such an expert uh, opinion, such an expert, uh, expert, just such an expert competence around, uh, I don't know, civil engineering, uh, you know, city planning, uh, epidemiology, math, and, and, you know, whatever. I mean, they're so expert. <laughs> they're so expert that they should be allowed to restrict your movement for the better, for your own, for your own good. And if you follow me, if you, you know, you've heard me talk about being a jerk off society and cucks and, you know, and, and, and being a cuck society, you may think it's, it's, you know, for effect. It's not for effect. That makes you a cuck. If you don't believe in your own ability to survive with the, with the brain and the body that God's given you, if you have such a self, if, you, if your self-doubt is so radical 
that you would give over your rights and your freedom of movement to an expert global elite, you are a fucking cuck. And I can't put it any more plain than that. You, my friend, are a cuck. Don't give over your freedom of movement to some expert global elite. Don't give over your rights to some expert global government. Are you kidding me? What evidence is there that the government can be trusted? What expert is, what what evidence is there that your your experts can be trusted? What evidence is there that your elites can be trusted? There is no evidence that they can be trusted with your with your overall health and prosperity, your well-being. There's no evidence of that. There's ev- there's plenty of evidence that they can be corrupt. There's plenty of evidence that they can lie and conspire and coalesce in corruption and wickedness and malice. Brutality. There's plenty of evidence of that. Now, am I saying we go door to door and get rid of the elites? No. No, we don't need to get rid of the elites. There doesn't need to be some huge global initiative to, to, to find, identify, persecute, and execute our elites. No. All we need to do is become more sovereign citizens. That's the brilliance of what our founding fathers created and wrote. That's the brilliance of what our founding fathers gave us. That's the brilliance of what our founding fathers laid in the foundation of this country. We don't need to become sinners in order to live free. We don't need to become to become bloodthirsty savages to 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 be free. We don't need to betray our ethics and morals to become free. All we have to do is keep a watchful eye on the government and maintain some resemblance of citizenship and sovereignty. And both are under threat now. Just a few, uh, just a, uh, an hour ago, I I, uh, I heard this presidential emergency alert go off. And I, again, I thought to myself, as I've been thinking a lot lately, in the event that there is some emergency or crisis and the government comes with an alert just like they practiced today and said, this is not a test. Today was, was obviously a test, but, but let's, let's just say they, they came uh, through, the, through the phones and the iPads and the TVs or whatever else, and, and they said, this is not a test. We're sending troops. We're sending emergency responders to your location to help get you to safety, to help take you to FEMA camps where we can protect you. How many people would go? How many people would drop everything they're doing, leave everything they own, and go? How many people would demand answers as to what the threat actually is? And even more so, even more, even more importantly, even more appropriate for American citizens, how many people would say, I'm staying in my home to defend my home and defend my neighborhood. All across America. How many people would do that? How many people are prepared to do that? And this is the great bastardization of American citizens. It's not necessarily when they coalesce in D.C. and screw you out of the money. 
and steal the money from the coffers. I mean, that's one that's one derivation of, of corruption and crony capitalism, no doubt. Yeah, puppet politicians, absolutely. But the real bastardization of it is that we've given over our citizenship to this political elite, to this global elite or, or, or political elite who are global puppets. We've given over that citizenship because we, we have become greatly unprepared to deal with the responsibility of freedom and independence. How long they've been working on this? I mean, you got to understand the significance of what Matt Gates is pointing out with the spending. The spending itself is maybe the most important cultural metric, uh, 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 the most important metric of our, our political culture both at the grassroots voter level and when it comes to our elected officials. That is the real metric of the overall health and sanity of, the American, of, 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 of America, the overall health and sanity of American citizens, is the spending. Spending money that we don't have, borrowing from our future, borrowing from future generations, to pay bills now? I mean, when we were coming up in the neighborhood, there were single mothers, let's say. Single mothers, that, I mean, many of you maybe have heard this story. Some of you may not be familiar with this type of cultural thing, but, but, but I certainly am. My mother didn't do it. She was fortunate enough to have a, a job where even though it was check to check, she, 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 she made enough money to make ends meet. Um, we weren't wealthy. We weren't well off. We, we, we lived check to check and I went without things, a lot of things, a lot of times, material things. And just wasn't, wasn't a wealthy, wealthy kid. Wasn't a wealthy family, blue collar family. Mom paid the rent with her tips, $5, $10, $20 tips from her esthetician job doing makeup and eyebrows and, 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 uh, uh, a service mind you that will disappear when the automation and robots get up and running. All you women out there who have these independent businesses where you do hair or you do nails or you, you do eyelashes or, or whatever the case may be, you're in the beauty industry. Imagine, imagine how fast the beauty industry is going to disappear when the robots can do makeup without needing to sleep or eat or go to the bathroom. Just imagine. And many of you will say, oh, well, you know, the nuances of hair. And I grew up in a barbershop and, and, and there, there's a sort of back and forth communication that, that exists between barbers and, and, and beauticians that has always preserved those institutions, not only as, as industries, but as, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, significant cultural mechanisms, right? They always talk about the conversation in the barbershop. So I, I understand that, but you have no, you have no idea how sophisticated uh, artificial intelligence and robotics are going to actually become. No idea. You have no idea what they're planning. And my point is, again, to go back to it, there was this, there was this, there was this, uh, there was this sort of uh, unfortunate, unfortunate thing that happened in in black communities sometimes sometimes in other communities I can't speak for every community it's part of my own 
But there was this thing where single black mothers who maybe worked two, three jobs, still couldn't make rent, still couldn't couldn't pay rent, still couldn't make ends meet, or or even a family of a mother and a father who couldn't make ends meet, sometimes would put the bill, a bill, a given bill, in the name of their kid. They would put the bill in the kid's name because, hey, maybe they had a phone bill, couldn't pay the phone bill, and instead of going without a phone, we put the bill, the new bill, a new account in the, in the kid's name, and then the kid has stuff on his credit when he grows up, doesn't even know how, because obviously he hadn't had any bills yet, not being an adult. And I point that out because um, it was always frowned upon, although we knew and, and felt bad, we, we, we you know, we, we, we uh, empathize with, with financial hardship and the need or the, the feeling of, of necessity to do that sometimes for families or, or single parents and single mothers and whatnot. Um, it was always looked down upon because it's unfair to the kids. Right. I mean, it's just unfair for a kid to, to you know, finally reach the age of 18, be an adult in a, in a society that's greatly built on, on having good credit or credit in general and, and have some derogatory marks on their credit that they had nothing to do with growing up, you know, under the, the protection uh, of, of their parents. It's just unfair. Just not right. It's kind of unjust, right? <laughs> now, the parents would say in the other direction, or those parents and, and some parents across history would say, hey, the working age of the kid has gotten so old uh, and, and with child labor laws and, and practices and, and such that that you know, children are a huge financial burden, and it's not by accident that it costs so much money to be able to have a family. I mean, that's kind of the anti—that's kind of the anti-human hydra of inflation. Is it's too expensive to have kids, and you see a serious, a rapid decrease in childbearing, and an overinflated society. Nugget and tangent. I I'll have to go look into deeper, but just in 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 my intuition, I can feel the the relevance there. Um, but but those parents would say, hey, kids are expensive. We had to make ends meet, and that kid's not contributing. The least they could do is, is have a bill in their name that afforded us the opportunity to kick the can down the road and figure out a better solution. Exactly what our D.C. swamp is doing to us now. Nobody seems to be particularly upset or, or troubled by this practice. The difference is the young black single mother who's in her mid-20s that has two kids and needs help making the ends meet has to put a bill in her child's name and will eventually affect her child's credit unfairly. The difference between her and the swamp creatures of D.C. is that the swamp creatures of D.C. actually have the opportunity to write policy into legislation that would fix the American economy. That young black mother, in many cases, has very little opportunity to fix her financial circumstance, partly because of the swamp creatures in D.C. Yet, she, being the black woman, the single black mother more specifically, will en masse continue to vote Democrat, which is ultimately a vote for the Unipart. Strange, confusing, complex yet 
in many ways, very simple times we live in. We're getting scammed. And Matt Gates said, hey, enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. We're not going to continue on like this. At least I'm not going to continue on like this. And whoever of you are with me, feel free to stand up and reject this, this Fugazi. Feel free. Feel free to stand beside me. And we got eight. We have eight patriots in the House of Representatives. Can't speak for any of the Democrats. They just wanted McCarthy out because, hey, it's Kevin McCarthy. In our own side, on our own side of the fence, on our own side of the aisle, the Republican Party, we had eight patriots vote McCarthy out. And don't let them lie to you about stability and the brand of the party and all this other. It's all spin. It's all spin. Again, they want to justify the continuance of the government. They want to justify the expansion of the government based on your guilt of what it would do to other people who are impacted by the federal government closing. And they want to tell you that it's for your protection. It's the ultimate protection racket. Don't forget that. Real mafia shit. Money flows uphill, shit flows down. You can't, hey, we can't stop the, 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 we can't shut the government down. I mean, we're in the middle of a war. And they even, these people are so brazen, they actually promote it like that. I mean, Amy Klobuchar is like, you know, little capo from, from the, the great state of Minnesota. She's, hey, my support for the Ukraine is unwavering. And I'm glad we've come, to, we've, I'm glad we've reached this consensus that our support for the Ukraine must continue. Let's figure out the support long term. Let's figure out another way to justify the continuance and expansion of our government, regardless of its effectiveness or solvency. These are your leaders. Do you get it? How many times do people have to say it? You know, and then people say, don't swear. You can, you can, you can, uh, you can, uh, you, 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 you know, you, you can inform people without having to swear, I think. I, I think you can, uh, I think you can get your point across without the profanity. Uh, why don't you just try explaining it and, and, uh, and, and, and use your intelligence? Uh, uh, shut the fuck up. I could sit here for an hour like I just did and explain it in the most intelligent manner possible. Steve Bannon can explain it in the most intelligent manner possible. Donald Trump can explain it in as layman of terms as possible. And for some reason, we still fail to rise up, and we don't even have to rise up with arms. I mean, nobody's asking you to sacrifice your life. That's, that's the scary part. I mean, the more radical amongst us are obviously sacrificing our lives. Like Matt Gates, they're going to try and destroy Matt Gates. They're going to try and tear Matt Gates limb from limb. Right now, he, he stands as a symbol that the Uniparty is wounded, vulnerable, and open for attack. They are going to use every resource possible to crush Matt Gates in the weeks to come. Every resource possible. They will, they will waste, they will waste no. They will waste no time and energy on anything else. They're going to try and crucify Matt Gates right in front of the American public to send a message 
that you better not challenge the Uniparty. And if you do, you better, you, you better make it a decisive blow. And Matt Gates, with the sacred honor and national honor that he has, said, listen, I'll sacrifice myself. Sacrificial lamb. I'll hurl myself at the Uniparty and let the American people choose. The question is, now, are you going to choose? Are you going to understand what you're witnessing? Are you going to let them tell you that Matt Gates is the extreme end of the Republican Party, the far right? What, what, what would it benefit? I mean, really think about it. What does it benefit an MSNBC and a CNN to try and describe Matt Gates as the far right extreme end of the Republican Party? Aren't you seeing the uniparty spectrum when they say that? I mean, for me, it was, it was a very, very simple red pill moment to look up at the Democrat-led media, the, the liberal-led media, and see who are they vilifying? Who are they vilifying and why? Uniparty. Of course they want to make Matt Gates look like the extremist. Of course they want to make Matt Gates seem like the 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 one who is uh who is creating the chaos. Who's making it impossible to govern? Who's 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 uh you know obstructing business as usual. Of course they want to make Matt Gates seem like the bad guy. Are you stupid enough to believe him? Are you stupid enough to believe that the one guy in American history that's willing to throw himself in the crosshairs of the full power of Washington, D.C., the one guy who's willing to hurl himself at the apparatus, hurl himself at the establishment to make the simple, simple point that lobbying and special interests in D.C. has gotten so out of control that none of these people are willing to, to vote or govern in the interest of the American people. Measurably so. In ways that can be demonstrated. Specifically around spending money on your credit. Are you going to let them tell you that that guy is the bad guy? Are you going to let them convince you that that person is the extremist, that person is the threat to democracy? That person is the threat to American citizenship? That person. The person who went before the entire world yesterday and said, you know what? Special interests and lobbying in this town have hollowed out this town and made it nothing more than a puppet, a, 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 a political puppet theater. Free People Radio thanks you for watching and listening tonight. And this is Professor Penn here for GhostBed. That's GhostBed.com. So let me tell you why I love this product. Professor Penn has problems sleeping. That's right. I have problems sleeping and you might too. So there is nothing more important than getting a mattress, a mattress that helps me sleep. That's why I love GhostBed.com. Go there. Go to GhostBed.com, upward slash Royce, and use promo code Royce for 50% off on the whole catalog. And when I say the whole catalog, they got a lot more than mattresses. They got sheets, they got pillows. And what makes it super cool for me personally is they got super cooling technology that helps you get through the night without sweating. That's right. There's nothing worse than waking up in a pool of my own sweat. That's why I love Ghost Bed. Their products help me sleep through the night cool and safe and calm. So go to ghostbed.com, 
upward slash Royce, promo code Royce for 40% off site-wide. And thank you very much for watching. That's all you're looking at when you see, when you, when you look at DC. You're looking at a political puppet theater that is not serving the interests of the American people. You're going to tell me that guy's the extremist? Imagine. Imagine the audacity and temerity of the mainstream media to try and describe this man in this way, and you'll actually accept it and buy it. I mean, just, just find your favorite table in the house. I want you to go. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna accept that, if you're gonna buy that bullshit story, if you're gonna take that, if you're gonna accept that level of spin, that level of propaganda. I just want you to go, you know, find your favorite table in the house. Find your favorite table. Maybe you live in an apartment building. I don't know. Go to the break room in your, in your, in your, at your job, at your office. I don't know. Find your favorite table. Bend over that table. Pull your pants down. You know, uh, scribble on a little piece of paper. Uh, uniparty. Tape it to your ass. And, and 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 wait for the establishment to come on by, pull its pants down, and 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 have its way with you, because that's what's happened. It's what's continuing to happen. We we it, it we're running out of options here. I don't know how else to explain it to you. I can't explain it to you better than Matt Gates did. Matt Gates did an incredible job on the House floor yesterday. Incredible job. Couldn't explain it better myself. In the heat of the moment, with all all the marbles, everything on the line. Rose to the occasion, and, and you're going to let them tell you that he's the extremist? Since when have we accepted lobbying and special interests in D.C.? Since when are liberals and Democrats in favor of, of, of obscene, obscene levels of lobbying and, and special interests having, having the levers uh, or, or, uh, or, or impact uh, on, on power in, in Washington, D.C.? When have we become a pro-lobbyist and special interest demographic? When have black men become a pro-lobbyist and special interests demographic? When have straight men become a pro-lobbyist? When have Christians become a pro-lobbyist and special interest demographic? And you're going to tell me that Matt Gates is the extremist? Maybe you're the fucking extremist. See, I like that Matt Gates called out his fellow House members for their corruption. Well, as of right now, I'm still just a civilian. I'm still just a citizen. So I'd like to call you out. I'm inspired by Matt Gates to call you out, my fellow citizens, my fellow citizens. You all. You all are the corrupt ones. You all have allowed this. Who? Maybe you weren't. Maybe I'm not talking to you. Fine. But somebody out there, there's somebody out there that needs to hear this. You are the problem. You all that watch CNN, that, that watch MSNBC, that watch Fox News, that watch ABC in the morning, that watch Morning Mika and Cuck Joe and, and Joyanne Reed and, 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 and Trevor Noah and, and John Oliver 
and and fucking uh, uh, John Stewart, uh, whoever the fuck else they they run out at you. You people who watch them and get your politics with your French fries, you all are the problem. Isn't it strange that a pro-climate change initiative is being led by people who want to instigate a nuclear war? Is nuclear war good for the climate? Is nuclear war going to save the earth? Now, I know some of these satanic, anti-human depopulationists would probably, would probably promote uh, 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 a nuclear uh, sort of purge of, of, of the human plague on, on planet Earth. But just in general, I mean, the more sane, I mean, I think that's pretty extreme. I think when a white woman with a, with a chain that has an Africa pendant on it says that we need to go back to a population of about 500 million, at a global fucking summit. Number one, I think I have caused, just cause to use profanity. But number two, I, I think therein lies the extreme worldview. That we're almost at a nine billion person global population and there are those amongst us who think it's sane, reasonable, or in any way humane to set 500 million people up on the gold, on the gold sheet. On the, on the whiteboard. Oh, you know, let's go whiteboard this out. How do we solve global hunger? How do we, how do we, you know, how do we deal with disparity and inequality and, 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 and justice? How do we get better with justice? I know. Let's fucking kill 8.5 billion people. And Matt Gates is an extremist? What the fuck is wrong with you people out there? I mean, I'm get, when I watch stuff like this, number one, I'm motivated. I'm happy. The American, the American nationalist populist movement is on the move. We're winning. It's not going to take some, some, um, some overwhelming majority to change this country. It only takes a few good men. Eight people were able to, to make this happen. And that is the victory of the MAGA movement. That is the, the victory of the America First movement. That is the victory of the War Room Posse. This is your victory. But to everybody else out there who remains on the sidelines, you know, who wants to go to little wine gatherings, I had the privilege to go to a, a, a winery here in, in the state of Minnesota over the, over the I think on, on Monday night, the Shram Winery. If you get a chance, you should go to the Shram Winery. They have some some good wine and some good people who who own that winery who talked about the importance of small business and the 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 danger that regulation poses to small businesses small american businesses who make their products remember these wine grapes are right there on their property this is a shopkeeper this is a nation of shopkeepers and they talked about the danger of of regulation the administrative state at the local level, state level, but still, yet and, yet, yet and still the same. Regulatory bodies being big, being out of control. And I was at this winery, and, uh, you know, there was, this, there was this event where um, many of the Republican Party's higher-ups in Minnesota stopped on in, you know, spoke a little. You got the chairman, he spoke a little, uh, you know, uh, 
governor candidate uh, Kendall Qualls and his wife, Sheila, they spoke a little. Uh, Attorney General candidate Jim Schultz, he spoke a little. Dr. Scott Jensen, the eventual gubernatorial uh, Republican candidate, uh, was there, didn't speak, but got to see him. Uh, a few people who ran running for city council and, and some other local offices spoke as well. And and I just, and I, for the life of me, you know, for anybody out there who still rejects Donald Trump or this America first nationalist movement and, and thinks of it as extremism, um, can you, can you pull your head out of your fucking ass? I mean, honestly. What would I have to show you? And this isn't a question for you to answer answer for, for me. It's a question for you to answer for yourself. I mean, this is the question you should write down in your fucking dream journal. What would I have to see in order to be willing to do what Matt Gates did? Whatever variation of that is, it, 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 whatever, whatever that means in your own life, in your individual life, sure, you won't have the microphone or the platform or the opportunity to go before the House of Representatives and take a great stand against the Uniparty. I get it. But whatever that looks like in your own life, what would it take? What would you need to see? What would this establishment, what would this government, what would this Uniparty need to do in order for you to say, you know what, that's enough? I'm willing to lose something. I'm willing to give up something in order to change this and something significant. What, what, what would that look like? You don't have to answer for me. Think about it. Take a couple of days. I mean, we're just on the way to nuclear war. And it's not even so clear that the nuclear war isn't staged. Maybe that's what the alert was about today. I mean, a FEMA alert? I mean, have you ever looked into the FEMA camps? I mean, you do understand that, that the interstate system, you do understand that the interstate, the freeways that we all enjoy, that we all enjoy the convenience of, were never built for us. That we followed the, the lead of the, the, the Nazis in Germany who, who built the Autobahn there in Germany. The, the interstate system that we built, that, that Roosevelt helped build, it was not meant for us. We just rent it, we lease it. It was meant for the military. And it's good that the military has the ability to, to transport um, its, its equipment and, and artillery if need be to defend this nation. No problem with that, but the, the pendulum swings both ways. Do you understand that the FEMA, the FEMA camps are connected to the railroad system? Do you understand just the slightest tilt of tyranny, the slightest tilt of tyranny in our government while we failed, when, when we failed to watch, could result in us being put on that train and, and, and marched or, or carted to death camps just like, just like uh, they were in, in, in Nazi Germany? Do you realize that the, American, that the American eugenics movement helped inform the Nazi eugenics movement? That the British intellectuals helped inform. If you follow the Professor Penn podcast or you follow me talk about it on Jason Whitlock, we've talked about it ad nauseum. And I still don't think people are afraid enough. And I'm not saying be afraid and stay cooped up in your home. Oh my goodness. I, I, you know, uh, I'm scared to death. I'm not saying that. No. No, I'm not saying that at all. Get motivated. Get active. Get active. 
do something. Do something. For Christ's sakes, do something. Where is the anti-war movement? Where are the anti-war protests? If you have time, if you're out there and you're in Minnesota, if you're in Minnesota, we will be holding an anti-war protest at the Federal Reserve this Friday. This Friday afternoon, Friday afternoon, we will be holding an anti-war protest at the Minneapolis Federal Reserve. Peaceful. Peaceful protest. As good American citizens should do when our government is out of control and, 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 and flying our flag and using our tax dollars, using the name of, of America, using the name of the nation in a way that we see that 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 we don't see fit, that we see unfit. Yeah, of course Matt Gates is is gonna be be labeled an extremist. They're scared to death. They're scared to death that anybody would stand up and say this is this this is a problem. This isn't right. They're gonna try and clip out all eight of these guys, all eight of these these House members that voted to 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 clip McCarthy, they're gonna try and crush all eight of them. And if they do, and when they do, and when they fail to 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 elect, when they fail to elect Donald J. Trump for speaker, you will be getting a good look at what the Republican Party has become. In your name. And you will have the opportunity in 2024. You will have the opportunity to vote these people out. You will have the opportunity to primary these rhinos. And you should take that opportunity. And if they cheat, if they cheat, which is always possible, if they cheat, everybody will walk away with the feeling they were cheated. Many of you already feel you've been cheated. Many more need to wake up to it. And that's an important part of this process. Part of the process is getting cheated. Part of the process is having that, that crisis, having that, 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 that dire straight hit home. When hell hits home, then things start to, things start to change. And see, they think, many people think we're on their clock, that, that we're on the clock. We're on the clock for them to destroy uh, America, American society as we know it. We're not on the clock. Uh, they're on the clock. They're on the clock because it's just a matter of time before people start to wake up to this at mass. And guess what? The time is right now. The time was about, I don't know, eight years ago. And they got a hundred year head start on us. But already in eight, in, in, in eight years, in a decade, since Donald Trump was elected in 2016, at the time I was 24 years old, since the time, since, since, since Donald Trump was elected in 2016, I was 24 years old. I'm now 32 years old and I'm at the top of the heap. I'm the tip of the spear of the smash mouth populist movement, the hatchet man. You see how far we've come? When I see black men showing up to the school board and the, and the, 
and the board, uh, the, the school board there is full of liberal women. And he asked a simple question about why inappropriate and, and explicit uh, material, sexual material, is, put in, is being put in books in his kid's school library, library. And as he reads it aloud, the women at the front of the room on the school board tell him the language is inappropriate for the, for the proceeding, inappropriate for the school board meeting. I am reassured they are on the clock. Yes, we should have that sense of urgency and we should relish in the opportunity to be active to put more pressure on them. They're on the clock. Have you ever been up in a basketball game? Have you ever been up 15 points, 10 points? And to see that look in your opponent's face that they wish you would let off the gas, they wish you would, you would pull back, that you would pull back the pressure they're hoping that you get disinterested. They're hoping that you find something better to do, that you lose it and start thinking about something else during the game, that you won't stay locked in like a dog on a bone, jaw locked in on the task, on the goal, on the mission. Have you ever experienced that? There's, there's not a more satisfying feeling than to see a team on the ropes, to see a team hoping and praying that you give them an ounce of daylight and you just double down, triple down. You put your foot all the way down. You step on the gas. That's who Steve Bannon is. That's why they call him an extremist. He's relentless. He's relentless. Three in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning, we're texting back and forth about this fight. I'm relentless. There's not a thing they could fucking offer me. You know how dangerous that makes me to them? You know how much of a threat people are who, who can't be offered, who, who can't be bought, who can't be propositioned, who refuse to sell out? There's not a thing they could offer us. I'm sure they go to Steve Bannon right now and offer him immunity if he'd bow out of his support for Donald Trump. I'm sure the, the operatives of the deep state have already made him that offer. Has he wavered? Has he wavered? I have not yet begun to fight. Another shot heard around the world. When Steve Bannon was indicted and, 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 and perp walked. I have not yet begun to fight. Of course they're going to make us all seem like extremists. We're not the extremists. All we're doing is putting our foot on the gas against an opponent who we see on the run, on the ropes, and they are on the ropes. Don't get me wrong, their power, their power right now is still fully intact, but it's beginning to crack. And if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, if you have that spirit, that warrior spirit, you get that sense when the enemy starts to, starts to waver. You get that sense when the enemy starts to crack. When there's an opening. And when the enemy gives you that opening, you fucking pounce. You don't let up. 
every last one of you out there needs to needs to become comfortable with the idea of being relentless. I tell my young my young basketball players right now that I that I help out with my my younger guys at my son's level even, but the high school guys as well. Be relentless. Relish, revel in in that relentlessness. Learn to love that relentless state, that relentless state of mind. Learn to live in that relentless state of mind, at least while you're in the fight, at least while you're on the court, at least while you're in combat. If you can, if you can learn to love that relentless state of mind while you're in the while you're in the the the, the fight, it's gonna be hard for opponents to defeat you. And even if they can defeat you, you smile in death. You smile in defeat because I embrace the fight. Embrace that which is hard. Yeah, we got an uphill battle against the Uniparty. They're going to try and crush every resemblance of America first and, and throw it to the history books as nothing more than this radical, extreme, tinfoil hat moment or era in American politics. But if we're victorious, we can actually save the republic. This has been another episode of Please Call Me Crazy. Please Call Me Crazy. Brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us. Help support the movement. Help fund the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that is exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. We appreciate you tuning in tonight. Anywhere you are, our podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, iHeartRadio. You can find us on band.video. Special shout out and thank you to the War Room Posse. This victory is yours. The great Steve Bannon, Mo Bannon, Grace Chong for streaming the podcast. Please call me crazy on a nightly basis. We greatly appreciate it. I'm so thankful to be able to be a part of this movement, this moment in American history. Celebrate tonight. For tomorrow morning, we go back to war. That's what we do. That's why we're the War Room Posse. The war is on. We're ready to fight. We're game. You can go to freepeopleradio.com to find out where you can listen to and watch the podcast. Make sure to subscribe to Fearless with Jason Whitlock if you haven't already. The fight continues. Before I exit, thank you, Matt Gates. Thank you to the eight patriots who, who voted to have a country. We appreciate you. We owe you our gratitude. Take a bow, ladies and gentlemen. Take a bow, and all of you should be off your fucking asses applauding. Because this type of self-sacrifice, this type of sacred honor is the only chance we have to save this great republic. The fight continues. Don't die a jerk off. And as always, Godspeed.